What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast. My name is Dante Williams, and today we is talking about Jonah. Now, I want you to rid your mind of everything you think you know about Jonah. Because if you anything like me, everything I know about Jonah came from Veggie Tales. Everything I know about Jonah came from little kids' books. Let's talk about how God just swept him up with the fish and everything was all good, but we're going to dive deep into what is really going on with Jonah, and it will help us reveal some things that maybe we can change in our lives to help us be better in our walk with God. We're going to start off first chapter, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Let's get it. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. My question to you is, what are you running from? I've done a lot of running in my life. Now, before you start judging, I ain't talking about running from God, okay? I ain't a fugitive like Jonah. I'm talking about like physical running. And if you're watching this, I know what you're saying, but Dante, you chunky. I can tell you don't run. Yes, I don't run right now. I'm talking about my past. I've done a lot of running, okay? I used to run all the time as a kid. I played baseball, run around with my friends. And, you know, baseball always kind of sucked, let's be honest, because they'd always have us do like suicide sprints and burpees and all these things. And it was just a lot of running and a lot of moving. Um, but one thing I did love to do, which involved running, was there was this game I'd play with my friends. Um, me and my baseball friends, we'd go out. And when we hang out, we would do this. And it's called ding-dong ditching. Now, if you don't know what that is, uh, your childhood was probably, you know, below par. And I'm sorry for that. I really do apologize for that. But, but if you have a good childhood, like I did, you know what ding dong ditching is. But for those of you who don't know, ding dong ditching is this game where you and a group of friends go into your neighborhood or their neighborhood, whoever. And normally you go at night because it just gets the adrenaline pumping when you do this. And you'll go up to someone's house, just a random person's house. And you'll either knock or you'll hit that doorbell and you'll just ding, And then you sprint, you take off and you run and you hide. And the whole goal is to be able to get away without them seeing you. And if you're really lucky, you're able to turn around and hide somewhere and watch the express. And when they look at the door and they're like, hey, what are you talking about? Who's out there? It's the the funniest thing, dude. I'm telling you. So we would ding dong ditch all the time. And as I was thinking about this, I realized that we've actually all ding dong ditched before. Believe it or not, uh, I'm not proud to say this, but we've all ding-dong ditched God. Like, think about it. How many times have you ever asked God to bring you an opportunity? Or better yet, have you ever asked God to change your heart and help you become a better person? And when he brings you to the opportunity to do the very thing that you prayed for— It's a little bit scary because it looks different and it may challenge you. So instead of walking through the door that he has presented to you, you ding dong ditch him and you run and you just jet. And we end up looking like Jonah. You know, it's easy to run to what's familiar, but it's hard to walk into faith. And so we're going to look at Jonah today. We're going to try and figure out why did he run? from what God called him to do, and, and do we ever run in our lives? 
Do we ever run in our lives? You know, the Bible is actually full of comedy. If you didn't know this, um, we just read it. <laughs> in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, the very first, first verse, the dudes out here cracking jokes about Jonah. Let's go through it again. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Stop. The son of Amittai. That made it look just like a normal, a normal thing in the Bible. Oh, this is Jonah's dad. He's the son of Amittai. Cool. But when you read into the scripture, Amittai in Hebrew actually means faithfulness or truth. <laughs> so the writers out here cracking a joke on Jonah, saying that Jonah is the son of faithfulness when Jonah immediately ran when God called him <laughs> to go speak to Nineveh. You know, one thing I learned about Jonah is something that we can learn in our lives is that instead of addressing the issue, because Jonah clearly had an issue with Nineveh or he wouldn't have ran. Jonah is a prophet. His whole job is to speak on behalf of God to the people who need to hear it. His whole job is being a prophet. And instead of addressing the issue that he had with Nineveh to God, he ran to isolation. Let me give you some context to how far Jonah actually ran. Because when you read this, you may think, oh, Jonah just went to another city. <laughs> he just went across the street trying to get away from the presence of the Lord. But but no, no, no. I See, I did some research and I pulled up a map that showed Nineveh and Tarshish, which is next to Israel. And Nineveh, where God called Jonah to go, and Tarshish, where Jonah ran from God, is 600 miles apart. Jonah ran 600 miles away from where God called him to be because he was so adamant on not going to Nineveh. Let me give you a scale for this. The state of Texas, you know the big old state in the United States of America? The big old state of Texas is 620 miles wide. Jonah nearly ran the entire width of Texas to get away from what God called him to do. And we will spend so much time running, right? When, when, when we come against a problem or when God calls us into something that is scary or that we're not prepared for or that we don't want to walk into, we will run. We'll try and outrun our problems. We'll spend so much time running. And the problem is when we run, we run out of stamina. We can only go so far. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking mentally and spiritually. You can only run from something for so long. And, and I have something to tell you is that you can run from your problems, but your problems don't run out of stamina. They're not going to run out of juice. They're not just going to give up because you've ran 600 miles away from them. But I got some good news. Just because your problems don't run out of stamina you also have a God that does not run out of stamina. So no matter how far you run from God, he will always be able to catch you. Oh, God is preaching right now. This is, this is going to be a good word. I'm so excited for this. Check this out. Here's something we can learn from Jonah. It's easier to flee to what's safe than to face where you're sent. Jonah was sent to Nineveh. Nineveh, Nineveh, Nineveh. What's Nineveh? What What is so... What is so bad? What's so scary? Or what is it about Nineveh that got Jonah up and running to flee? Let me give you some context on what Nineveh was in Jonah's time. Nineveh was a big, bad city. Nineveh 
was a huge city, one of the biggest cities of its time. Nineveh had an extremely, extremely uh, violent military. Any city that Nineveh wanted to take, they were taking it. Their military would overpower any city they went against. These people were evil, just like the word says. They were doing evil. There was even, um, there was even, what is, the, what do you call it? Archaeologists, something like that. The the people that that dig up old sites and things like that, they dug up where Nineveh was and they found like paintings and, and writings on walls that showed the Ninevites, the military people, skinning people to death. So, so God is up and saying, "Yo, Jonah, go to Nineveh." And Jonah's like, uh, "God, you crazy? <laughs> you you crazy? You want me to go by myself into this huge city and say?" Uh, hey, hey, Ninevites, <laughs> Ninevians, yeah, hey, hey, you guys, yeah, um, I know y'all like to kill people, <laughs> whoo, I know you do, <laughs> I, I've heard about it, um, but my name's Jonah, and I, I serve God, <laughs> no, no, not that God that you guys serve, no, not, not that one, either. no, no, not the, not any of the 20 gods you guys serve, I, I serve the one true God, and he, he told me <laughs> to tell you, um, that y'all better stop or or you're going to be in big trouble. And Jonah's like, you really expect me to roll up to Nineveh and say that to these people? So that was Nineveh for Jonah. But also, there's something else about Nineveh. Because the cool thing about the Bible is you can read to the end of the story and you can skip it. That's what I did. Okay, I'm guilty. I skipped to the end of the story. And at the end of the story, Nineveh repents. Jonah ends up going to Nineveh. And Nineveh repents, and God has mercy on them. And Jonah was going off on God because he was like, this is why I didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. Because I knew, Lord, I knew that you are a good God who forgives no matter what people have done. And I can't believe that you had mercy on these evil, gross, nasty people. That's why I didn't want to go here because I didn't want to see them have mercy. Jonah had a prejudice against Nineveh. He... He wanted to put God's mercy in his own hands. He decided that there was a group of people that have wronged maybe his friends, that have wronged maybe some people in a city that he that he was close to, and he decided that they did not deserve God's mercy. So this is why Jonah ultimately ran. And I wonder, because this is the Nineveh for Jonah, but what's your Nineveh? See, for, for some of us, Nineveh, is that abuse from our father. For some of us, Nineveh is the sexual harassment that we had to go through from someone that we thought we could trust. For some of us, Nineveh is that place of addiction that is so hard to break and we're scared to even look back at it. For some of us, Nineveh is the divorce that we just don't want to talk about. For some of us, Nineveh is that ex-boyfriend that treated you badly and was going behind your back, sneaking around with people he shouldn't have been sneaking around with. For some of us, Nineveh is the place that we never want to go back to. Some of us have our Nineveh. And it's a place of pain and of hurt. And we just beg God, never again. Lord, never Nineveh. Maybe there's someone running today that God is calling you to go back to your Nineveh. 
not to give them a second chance, not to allow the the toxic personalities back into your life, but but where Nineveh is, there there is unfinished business that God needs to release. Where Nineveh is, there's a pain that is holding you back. And God is trying to say, I'm calling you back to Nineveh because someone needs to be forgiven. I'm calling you back to Nineveh because you need to try and you need to try and reconcile what was broken. I'm calling you back to Nineveh. But some of us don't want to go back. And Jonah ran from his Nineveh. And he ran to Tarshish. What's Tarshish? Tarshish, I feel like I have a lisp. Tarshish is a place of comfort. It's a place where you can escape when when things start to get a little bit scary. For some of us, Tarshish could be pornography. For some of us, when you get stressful, your Tarshish can be carbohydrates. You stress eat. For some of y'all, when your relationship or your marriage starts to crumble and you start to fight, you go run to somebody else that you shouldn't be running to. Tarshish was his place of escape. But when you run, this is the second thing we can learn from Jonah. When you run, there's always a wreckage when running. A perfect example of this. One thing I love about like the fall time is Halloween. I love Halloween. I love dressing up. I love scaring people, but I don't want to be on the other end of the scare. If you're anything like me, you like to dish it out, but you don't want to take it. Um, that's why I don't go to like haunted houses and things like that, because I'm not the type of person that wants to just sign up to get scared. Like who pay money to get scared? It makes no sense to me. Um, I'm one of the people though, where if I'm scared and if some clown is chasing me, I'm gone, bro. I'm running. And I don't care who is in my way. And I might sound mean, but I'm just telling you, this is this is the fear that I get when I'm running from something that I'm scared of. I don't care who's in my way. I don't care if it's grandma. I don't care if it's a little six-month-old baby. I don't care if it's some dude on crutches. If you are in my way when I am running, you're going to get ran over. I am going to wreck your day, not because I want to hurt you, but because anything that is in my way when I'm running from something that I am scared, it's going to get annihilated. And this is what happened with Jonah. This is, this is the perfect example of how when you run from God, you cause wreckage for everyone else. Jonah ran. He ran from God. And other people got hurt. So, so check this out. Verse 3. Once he ran from the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Verse 4, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had laid down, and was fast asleep. If this isn't an example of how when you run from God, or when you run from your problems, when you're in a perpetual state of just running and running and running, how other people can get hurt. Because Jonah was so focused on himself and getting away from his problems that he did not even notice or care who he was hurting in the process. This dog was sleeping. 
he was knocked out at the bottom of the boat when everyone else that was on this boat, by the way, who didn't even sign up to be there with him, they had no clue what was going on. Their entire journey was ruined. They lost everything. It even says they had to throw their cargo overboard to try and lighten the ship, to try and save themselves from something that Jonah brought upon them. All their cargo, their food, their money, their luggage, everything is gone. All because Jonah was running. Jonah was numb to it. He had no clue what was going on. And, and everyone was struggling. And Jonah ended up ruining the race for everyone else. See, what we go through throughout our lives, some people call it a walk with God. I've called it that. But honestly, a lot of times it's a race. We're running a race to try and be the best that we can be in our lives, to try and be the people that God has called us to be. We're running this race. But when you run a race, you're not running by yourself. That's not a race if you're just running by yourself. That's just practice. So we're running this race and there's other people involved. And even though we may not be on the same team as them, you know, we may be trying to move ourselves forward and try and improve and, and try and be better. If you end up running in the wrong direction or you end up running outside of your lane, other people's race is going to get ruined. And this is what happened when Jonah ended up running. And I've done this in my life. I've ran from God, not in any huge or insane way, but but I've told the story before on the podcast about three years ago, God clearly called me to do what I'm doing now, preaching his word, giving this message out, doing this podcast. And it wasn't just one time that he called me to do it. He called me multiple, multiple times over and over again, but I kept running from what he called me to do. I didn't think it was for me. I had my own ideas of what I wanted in my life. I had my own ideas of what success and happiness and fulfillment looked like in my life. And even though nobody got physically hurt or you know nobody got in any bad situation because of me, I was still holding other people back from their race with God. I was holding my wife back because I wasn't being a spiritual leader like I needed to be for my family. I was holding other people back because I decided to run my own race instead of the race that God has called me to run. Verse 8, let's keep going. They finally woke Jonah up. They woke Jonah up. They're like, yo, what are you doing, dog? How are you sleeping? Don't you see what's going on here? And so they start questioning him. They said to him, tell us on who account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And Jonah said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Remember how I said the Bible funny? This cracked me up. This is pretty funny. Hold up, Jonah. You said that you fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. I don't believe that you fear the Lord because you ran from him. Fear here is more like a, a word of respect. I respect the Lord. I respect what he calls me to do. I respect him enough to do what he asked because, you know, he has this ultimate respect for me. That's a lie, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah out here cracking jokes. He doesn't even realize it. And then he says, who made the sea and the dry land. So you're telling me that you already know that God is the one that made the sea and the dry land. So you're trying to run from God on the very sea that you know he created? I'm telling you the Bible funny. Laugh a little bit. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you've done? 
for the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. When you run from God, sometimes you can run for so long. Sometimes you can run yourself into the wrong situation and you'll get stuck in something that God never called you to be in. And it could be something so bad as a storm like we see Jonah. Have, do you feel like you're in a storm right now? Do you feel like you've ran yourself into a storm and you're stuck and it feels like your boat is falling apart and everyone around you is struggling because you've been running from God? See, this is some good news because yes, Jonah ran and he got 600 miles away. He got onto the sea and he got onto the boat and he thought he was clear, but God even tracked him down to Tarshish. God sent me today to let somebody know that no matter how far you run, no matter what you get stuck in, no matter what storm you find yourself in, God will track you down to Tarshish. Oh man. Mm. Mm -mm. So they said to Jonah in verse 12, or sorry, Jonah said to them in verse 12, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. And the men were like, uh, Jonah, we ain't going to do that, dog. Like, like, we don't want to throw you in. We're scared of your God. Obviously, he's causing this. So they tried to row back to land and they couldn't. And so finally, they had no choice but to toss Jonah overboard. And Jonah's drowning. He's going down. And the chapter ends in verse 17 with this. And the Lord appointed a great fish. To swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now just reading this, if you didn't know anything about Jonah before. And you read everything that just happened now. Jonah got swallowed up by a great fish. You know if you in the ocean and you get swallowed up by a great fish. You dead. That fish has now become your grave. And so reading this you could assume well Jonah just died. He met his grave. And it's in the fish's belly. But see, I love this because God knew that simply being able to talk with Jonah and reveal himself to Jonah and Jonah being a prophet wasn't enough for him to get Jonah to turn his heart back towards God. Sometimes God has to use what seems like a grave to let you see his grace. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes God will allow you to get into a situation that seems like it's dead, that seems like it is a grave, that seems like you have nowhere else to run. And it's in that moment where God will show you his grace. There are some people, this is going to be a lesson, and this is going to set somebody free right now. Oh man, there are some people that no matter how much you show them love, that no matter how much you pray for them, that no, how, no matter how many times you invite them to church, no matter how many times you tell them about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there are some people whose hearts are so hardened that no matter what you do, you cannot get them to turn to God. And what it will take for these people is for them to keep on running and hit a point in their life where they reach a grave. And in that moment, when they get the lowest of low and they hit rock bottom, and they meet that grave, that is when God is able to use his grace and turn them back around. That's going to set someone free. Mm. So what was the fish? Well, it was a symbol of a grave that God didn't turn into a garden because Jonah didn't die in that fish. And the only way he didn't die is because God was with him because there ain't no oxygen in the fish. The fish was a grave, but it was also a chance for Jonah to pause. Pause. Don't pause the podcast. 
But just pause. Sometimes when, when you're running and you've been on the run for so long, you start to lose track of where the finish line is. You st- start to lose track of the path that you should have been taking. And what you need to do is you need to pause. You need to ask yourself, why am I here? Why have I been running? And what have I been missing out on? Because I've been running the wrong direction. So Jonah was forced to wait in the whale. Wait in the whale. He was in the belly. What happens when food enters your belly? It's been digested. I think this is funny. Because while Jonah was being digested, it allowed Jonah to digest his decisions. Some of us need to pause. And we need to digest the decisions that we've made. We need to look at the opportunities. We need to look at the pain. We need to look at the people that we have been running from. And we need to pause. And we need to think. And we need to look at it in a new pair of lenses. And think, how is God trying to use me in this situation? And so I have to ask you, what kind of race are you running? The problem is, when we run from God, we end up running a race that God never wanted us in in the first place. Like, like, like when we run, we out here running this 4,000 meter dash when God is trying to let us know that this race that we're running is supposed to be a relay. What happens in a relay? You have multiple people on your team and you're only supposed to run just a short portion of the race. And then you're able to hand it off to somebody who is fresh. You're able to hand it off to somebody that can finish it for you. And they can finish that race when you hand off the baton. God is calling some of you to release that baton to him. God wants to let you know this race is not a race you're supposed to be finishing by yourself. You're not supposed to run the whole lap. You're supposed to run a little bit. Do the best you can. Follow God where you can. Pray when you can. Read the Bible when you can. Bless somebody when you can. And then when you've done all that you can do then you hand it off to God and he will carry you the rest of the way you gotta quit running and you gotta start learning how to release God wants you to release your problems God wants you to release your fears he wants you to release it to him because God is the only one that can handle the pain the struggles, and the fear that you have been running with this whole time. You got to let go of some things. You got to let go. There's some people that might have hurt you in the past and God's just calling you to let go of it. Let it go. Hand it off to him. That's not a burden for you to carry. It's hurting you more than it's hurting that person. God wants you to release. Some of y'all have been holding on to your children so hard because you're worried that they're going down the wrong path. And you fear that if you're not watching them 24-7, that they'll get into a group of wrong people that they're not supposed to be around. And God's calling you to release that to him. Hmm, This is a word, man. This is a word. Lord, I pray that this reaches somebody. I pray that somebody's listening because God is calling you to stop neglecting your problems, stop neglecting your Nineveh, and he's calling you to start notifying your problems that he is not finished yet, that he is the relay runner, that he now has the baton, and he's going to finish the race for you. Oh man, what kind of race are you running? We don't want to run like Jonah ran. And this is an example of how we run. Jonah ran 
just like we run from things in our own life. But God is calling someone today to quit running from where God is calling you to be a light in. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for this word. Lord, I thank you for speaking through me. And I pray that somebody hears this and that somebody is able to release what they have been struggling. I pray that someone is able to be set free and learn to run the relay instead of running this solo race by themselves. Father God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your salvation. Lord, we believe that you died on the cross for our sins so we could be lifted free from the very things that we've been trying to run from. In Jesus' name, amen. Yo, I thank y'all so much for listening or watching the podcast today. If you haven't already, leave a, a comment, leave a rating on the podcast. I really would appreciate it. And if you want to listen to any more, we're going to be doing a part two more than likely of going over Jonah next week. I'm super excited for it. I appreciate all of y'all. Have a blessed day. Oh